still have the spirit of an overachiever, but I also know how to extend myself grace when I don't hit a certain mark. Welcome to Depth and Candor, the podcast that explores how changemakers of color define and live out their purpose through their careers, side hustles, and entrepreneurial contributions. I'm your host, Hiwate Gitana, and I am thrilled to take you with me as I talk to incredible innovators about what it really takes to do impactful work and live a life you love. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare, which is a monthly membership site where you can take thousands of classes taught by experts all over the world. So if you've been a longtime listener, you know that my dream is eventually to be a full-time podcaster with a dedicated team that handles the editing and the design, et cetera, et cetera. But like most people at the earlier stages of their dream, I'm still designing my own graphics and logos and anything else that I want to see for Depth and Candor. And that's why I just signed up for a branding and design course for freelancers on Skillshare. And I've scheduled to take it in December because I still haven't finished the other Skillshare classes that I signed up for earlier in the year. And in the last few episodes, I've mentioned Roxanne Gay's um, course, which I just think if you are at all interested in writing um, and Roxanne Gay is offering a class and you can take it for free, it's probably a great idea to do that. Um, so if you're interested in either of these courses or if you have another interest that you want to explore and you're considering exploring, try Skillshare for free for two months by using the promo code depth and candor free. That's all one word depth and candor free. Now, speaking of side hustles, that is exactly what we're talking about today. I sat down with Chastity Cooper, aka the queen of managing multiple interests and side projects and monetizing them. Chastity and I know each other through Rianca, who was the first person that I featured on season five. And we both also know Sherelle, who was featured on season four of Depth and Candor. She's the founder of The Plug Daily, which is a daily black tech newsletter. Um, And it's amazing and you should be on it if you're not already on it. But um, I became friends with Chastity through those two people. And now she lives in New York City. I reached out to Chastity to do this episode because I know many of you listening have an idea for a side hustle or a passion project that you want to start or you've already started and you want to start moving towards monetizing. And Chastity is the best example of someone I know who learned how to monetize and scale her side hustle while working a nine to five. Chastity is a communication strategist at a nonprofit in New York during her nine to five life. Um, But she somehow also manages to run Wine with Chaz, which is a wine newsletter that makes wine education accessible for people like you and I, a.k.a. it removes the fluff. And she's also the director of community for her agenda. At least she was when we recorded this episode. I don't think she is anymore. Her agenda is a digital platform for ambitious millennial women and we'll talk about it a little more in the episode and additionally she is a small business creative consultant and she does that on her own and on top of all of that she writes for lots of different publications and since we recorded this episode chastity has started the wellspace bk which is a pop-up co-working experience for black women her team created a space for ambitious black 
women who are nine to fivers or creatives or freelancers or entrepreneurs. And it's a space to connect and collaborate with a tribe of like-minded women. And if you're listening to this and you're in New York, you'll be excited to know that they have a pop-up in New York this weekend from November 2nd through the 4th. And I learned just how great Chastity was at managing her passion projects and leveraging them into more than just a one-time experience. When we first met and she mentioned a blog called Millennial on a Mission, which is which was her first blog that she started in 2012. And she later got a sponsor through her work for the blog. And then she started writing for Teen Vogue and Bustle and Slate and The Root, all while working a full-time job. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with Chastity about her life, her time management, and the nitty gritty of how to manage and monetize your side hustle. Looking at your website, I see it says, I'm Chastity, a communication strategist and creative consultant who specializes in developing branding and media plans for small businesses, entrepreneurs, and nonprofit organizations. That's pretty accurate. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, what does that mean? So I guess just in all of the experience that I've had, in the last, I guess, six, seven years since I've graduated, seven years since I've graduated, I've noticed that things have kind of just come together. So I have this amazing just love for communications and storytelling, but there's also different layers to that. So you have the branding, you have marketing, you have strategic communication. So coming together and bringing all those things into one. And I, I just have a love for small businesses. I love people who kind of like, you know, start from the bottom and now they're here. Um, nonprofit organizations, just because I love giving back and, Yeah, I mean, and then the whole creative consultant part, I feel like just came recently, probably in the last couple years, where it's just like, people were hitting me up like, yo, I want to do X, Y, Z. Can you help me, like, figure it out? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, and just coming up with these wild and crazy ideas. But, you know, giving people the ability to scale them themselves. Um, And I've I've just always been, like, this really big dreamer and this big, like, let's do that and just run with it. And so now it's just like doing that for myself and other people and not being scared. I was going to say, do you get scared when you have these big dreams? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I right now and we'll get to this, but like I figured out this week, I was like, I want to write and travel and have that all be about wine. I ultimately like a goal of mine, I'd love to be like an editorial director or a managing editor for a wine publication. So like you have your food and wine magazine, you have um, Bon Appetit, which for me, like as a black woman looking at these publications are really white. And so I'm like, okay, well you could do your own, you could like start out, you know, your own wine publication, wine blog, or you could find a way to get into these spaces that already exist and make them black. So, I mean, I love the idea of like doing my own thing, but I also like the structure of something that exists and going and disrupting that. So we'll see what happens. But wait, how did you get into wine in the first place? Great question. So I went, I studied abroad in Spain, what, 2010? So seven, eight years ago. Wow, wow eight years ago. Yeah. Um, went to Spain. It was like the last trip of... Um, like a weekend trip to Andalusia, and one of the things we were doing was going to a winery. I was like, oh, I love that. I'm 21. I can drink. Yes. <laughs> Went, 
and they just like showed us like the vineyards and they took us through the process and we got to like taste different wines and have cheeses that went with the wines i'm like this is a whole new world like i am obsessed so come back to the states graduate from college move to dc and I just started drinking wine. Like, oh, you know what else happened? Scandal came out. And so... That, <laughs> I love this. Yeah, Scandal dropped in 2012, April 2012. So I had been out for like almost a year. And I was like, who is this black woman that drinks wine and eats popcorn for dinner? I love her. I said, oh, yeah. So I would have to actually attribute a little bit of my mm. love for wine to Olivia Pope and Shonda Rhimes, Kerry Washington, like, everything um so then I just started like when, when I would come home I had a roommate at the time but I would come home and like I just I loved going to the store and looking at the different labels and picking different things and trying different things and so people I started putting them on Instagram and people were like that's a heavy pour Chaz I'm like don't worry about what I'm doing I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to hip you to game while you worry about how much wine is in my glass and so, <laughs> And so I was like, as I, before I started the newsletter, I started going back in. And so since, since like 2012, I'd been taking pictures of like my wine glass and the bottle, talking a little bit about it. And then it wasn't, in, and so I've been doing that for a while. And so everybody just kind of started looking at me like, oh, you are really into this wine thing. And so finally at the end of last year, I was like, you know what? I need to stop playing. Like, let me just start this newsletter. Let me be consistent about something. Cause I'm really trying to do this. So this isn't your full-time job though no it's not <laughs> <laughs> we're having this conversation because you're so incredible to me like mm -hmm. when we met so we met through our mutual friend Rianca mm -hmm. and then um I hit chastity up and I was like let's hang out this weekend or next weekend mm -hmm. and she was like oh I'm gonna meet my friend in Harlem anyway so I'll meet with you and the friend was Sherelle. <laughs> we have so many friends in common. <laughs> yeah. And I learned when we hung out. So we had like a whole date, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. like went, got our nails done, did work. It, it was, was so cute. It was black girl magic. Yes. All the way. All day. And I remember being like, wait, you had a really famous blog that like blew up, but then you decided you didn't want to do it. And now you're interested in what? Like, who is this woman? <laughs> I know I do the most. Um, I love it. Thank you. So, you yeah. Are like side hustler extraordinary. How do you feel about the word side hustle, first of all? So, I think now I don't glorify it yeah. as much yeah. as I did maybe two, three years ago. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a side hustler. Now it's just like, I'm out here doing what I love <laughs> and like really trying to build this, you know, build a life that I want to be proud of and like you know, build this legacy that I want to be proud to leave behind. And so to answer your question full time, I've worked in nonprofit communications for the last, pretty much the last six, seven years. And so lived in DC for six years was like at the end, at the end of 2016, I was like, I'm done living in DC. Where did you go to school? I went to Syracuse. So then how did you end up in DC? I had an internship, got an internship before I graduated in spring of 2011. And my cousins lived down there. So I was like, oh, it's just going to be a summer thing. We're going to see what DC's about. Went to DC in the summer and fell in love. I said, oh, I want to stay here. Like, there was no desire for me at the time to, like, move to New York, for me to move back home to Chicago. So I was like, I'll just stay here and, like, you know, feel it out. So stayed in DC. Um, that first year was tough because it was like I, like, I was interning for, like, nine months. And then finally... 
uh, came upon doing uh, AmeriCorps for a year with a nonprofit in DC. And so that's kind of where I've, I've been in that space ever since. And um, nonprofit is cool. I'm learning a lot. I learn a lot about, you know, advocacy and how people move and what they're really passionate about and, you know, how politics plays a role in that. Um, but now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm in New York City. I work for an, a nonprofit that's almost 100 years old. Um, it's still the same game, though. Like You're still hustling to get money, whether it's from corporate donors or, you know, people who are members of the organization. And I'm like, this is cute. Um, but yeah, like I know I'm, I'm starting to figure out more what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not that I don't want to be a nonprofit cause I'd love to one day maybe be a VP of like communications, mm-hmm. but I know that's like not a strong desire. Strong desire for me is to be a storyteller is for me to build community around like things that I love. And it just so happens that wine is one of them. And then outside of that, oh my gosh. So I do... This is where I would consider, like, these are my second hats. And Mm -hmm. so, like, freelance writing when I can, when I have the time. Um, The creative consulting, I would say that kind of melds into, um, you know, working with different, uh, some of my peers on their, you know, businesses. And so just, like, whether it's, you know, for her agenda being the director of digital community or working what is her agenda her agenda is a digital platform for millennial women that bridges the gap between ambition and achievement and so it's an online platform essentially a lot of incredible content my job as digital director of community is to just provide a space for millennial women to talk about everything from politics to Beyonce. And so all of this conversation happens within Slack. And um, it's it's my job to just run the community and provide resources and um, all that fun stuff. And so that's allowed me to just kind of see a different lens of media and how, you know, things are marketed and how we're targeted as a community of women, especially in this day and age. Um, And then outside of my freelance writing, outside of her agenda, I also do creative consulting. So working with my peers who have small businesses, who are entrepreneurs, like who may have ideas like, yo, Chaz, I want to do X, Y, Z. And a lot of what I've found is that a lot of them come to me more so for advice on like editorial and content um, or editorial content, which is helpful because it's like, this is actually the, the moves I want to make. Like, I love writing. I love blogging. I love reading. And I am trying to get better at how to, one, become a better storyteller, but also n- encourage people to act after they read or engage with a piece of content. So, like, if I throw something up on Instagram or if I throw something up on my blog, what did that make you feel? What did that make you think? What did that make you do? You know, that's everything I'm about. Yeah. I I just find that so fascinating. It's like this mix between storytelling, marketing, and psychology. Yeah. Right? It's Mm -hmm. like, what... How are people feeling and why do they do the things they do? Exactly. And how do my actions inspire or motivate in positive or negative ways, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people could just be like, oh, I don't want to do, you know? Right. And so like what what about what this was presented to you mm-hmm. turned you off or why did that turn you off? I think that's so interesting. And it's just like even in the age of fake news, which I think is absolutely ridiculous, like the fact that journalists and you know uh, they have to work twice as hard now and not even to mention black journalists like three times as hard to 
provide truth and dignity and integrity in their work. And so that's kind of like the energy I try to move with whenever I like write a piece for something like maybe Teen Vogue or Bustle. It's like, what angle am I coming from? How do I want people to react to what I'm saying or inspire them to do something? Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just fun to write too. It's as tiring as it is sometimes. It's hard. It is hard. That's awesome. So you're a communication strategist, but when you come home, you'll work on your wine with Chaz. Mm-hmm. And other days you'll be creatively consulting with mm-hmm. some of your friends mm-hmm. or people who come to you and say, can you help me with my business? Mm-hmm. Um, then you write for her agenda mm-hmm. and you write for Teen Vogue and Bustle <laughs> and so many other platforms. Yeah. Have you, do, you, do these feel like multiple jobs? I would say yes and no. Okay. So like I would I would definitely say her agenda is its own job because that's just that's a thing. Because you have a role, it's mm-hmm. consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I'm like I as as difficult as it is sometimes and not like I would say I just full transparency. It's been a lot of a struggle lately just because like we have a huge event coming up at work this week so I'm like that's been like my focus and um, yeah, her agenda is definitely another job. I would say, like, Wine with Chaz comes in. I, I kind of marry that under my creative consulting because I kind of treat myself as a client. So it's like, okay, Mondays, I know I need, when before my roommate gets home, I will shoot the videos that go up on Wednesday. And it's, I crack myself up because I'll be by myself with my iPhone and just like shooting these videos and like, Sometimes I keep the clips because I think they're funny. I'm like, maybe I'll just put that up later. But um, And even, like, other things that I do, yeah, I treat those like they're three different jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, being able to, I think right now, just to show up as much as I can um, to each of them until there's a time where it's like, okay, one thing is kind of, like, creeping up. I need to focus on that more. So, um, yeah, definitely three different jobs. Like, But I enjoy them. They all work together. Mm-hmm. Um, they there, all teach there's me. There's a thread that goes between mm-hmm. all three of mm-hmm. them, and it's the writing and it's the storytelling, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So have you always had these, like, two or three jobs to go to? Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I I like to think of myself as a unicorn. Like, it goes back to, like, I would think in probably, like, fourth grade where I just had multiple different interests. And so when people, when my teachers started to recognize that, they're like, oh, she's, like, not, not all over the place in a bad way, yeah. but, like, I, I'm good at different things. Tell me, tell me about four-year-old or fourth grader fourth grader fourth grader okay yeah fourth grader chess tell oh me about gosh. her so she had in let's see that was in 99 um i just moved it had been a year or mm-hmm. two since mm-hmm. i had moved to evanston from uh texas city texas and so still kind of like weaning off this little accent i had i don't remember i can't hear my fourth fourth grade voice yeah um because sometimes i didn't like hearing my voice as a kid now it's just like it is what it is. It is what it is, and sometimes it's cute. Um, <laughs> but fourth grade, Chaz, overachiever, like, cool with all, like, her teachers, fourth through, hell, high school, loved, her teachers loved her, all of our teachers, like, looked out for her, just involved, over-involved in everything. Um, and so, like, now, as a 29-year-old, I've had to learn to kind of scale back a little bit and be intentional with like how I move as far as like 
professional and personal relationships are concerned. And now I think I still have the spirit of an overachiever, but I also know how to extend myself grace when I don't hit a certain mark. Ooh. And I did as a kid, you, you, your, your schedule is so structured. Like you go to school, you're in school for seven hours, you come home, you do your homework. If you're in after school activity, you do that. So your parents kind of have like this, you go where you need to be and you come home and it's, it's structured. College, that's kind of when that started to shift because it's like, oh, I have all this time and my mama and my daddy ain't here. Okay, um, I can do X, Y, Z or I can do A, B, C. And then as an adult, you're just like, okay, definitely there's responsibility now. So I have to pay these bills. I have to have a job. Um, but I also want to do things that are enjoyable to me. So how do I find that balance? Um, and sometimes it's like if I've been at work from like 830 to 6, I'm coming home and I'm going to read a book real quick or I'm going to watch an episode of Scandal or Bob's Burgers and just chill. love Bob's Burgers. Oh, my gosh. Just I want to have, like, just a full conversation with Bob. <gasps> it's so it's so great. So relaxing. So funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. It's so Do you know funny. there was a pop-up in New York? Like a Bob's Burgers pop-up? I feel like I did know about like that. Like a week? I, I wasn't here, so I missed it. Love Bob's Burgers. But yeah, coming, I think that extension of grace comes in like, all right, Chaz, you worked really hard at work today. You just go home. Obviously, there's a bottle of wine there waiting for you, sis. <laughs> Open that, cook. So I'm getting my mind off of certain things. Call your mom, call your dad, call your sis. Like, have these conversations with people that you love so you can, like, because if you're empty, you can't pour from an empty cup. And it's so cliche, but it's so true. Like, just yeah. hearing my mom and my dad's voice and just like, talking to them about, you know, whatever's going on in their world just takes me away. I'm like, you know, and it's different now that I'm older talking to my parents. Like, we're adults. So I'm just like. Very different. It's super different. And, you know, your parents start to, as you get older, they start to share things that they may not have shared when you were younger. And I'm like, huh, I never knew. This is, this is special. This is a moment. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. And sometimes I just come home tired, but I know, like, I'll push through for, as long as I can. My bedtime is at 1130. And I hit the bed. I always read before I go to bed because I feel like that's a way to just kind of like not look at my screen and just kind of turn down. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What kinds of books do you read? Right now I'm reading A Piece of Cake by Cupcake Brown. Okay. And it's her memoir. It's good. Like Who is Cupcake Brown? So she's actually a lawyer. I know a little. She's a lawyer turned like New York Times bestselling author. Shorty, like... The book opens up, I don't want to give too much away, but her mom, she finds her mom dead, essentially. And so it's a, it's a true story. She basically goes to the foster system, like she was gang bit. It's so interesting and captivating. She's telling her life story, and like she's recalling all of these things, and, you know, having multiple mi- uh, a miscarriage, and, you know, abortions, and, um, you know, being a, a dr- I wouldn't even say a dr- she was like on drugs and all these things and she came out and she's now a lawyer and, you know, doing amazing things. It's just a, it's a captivating book, I think, um, for for women of color in particular, just because like you can be you can start from the very bottom and go through so much yet still come out on the top. Um, even now, like, I'm like, okay, now I'm in New York City, like, I want to do all the things. Like, what do I want to do next? And so I'm still just being, I've, I've learned to be patient with myself. I'm like, you know what, Chastity? Learn what you need to learn from here. Get what you need to take all of the things that you need to take from this particular experience. So when you're ready, when the 
opportunity presents itself for you to move on to something else that you know you really, really want to do. And the point is wine glass because obviously I'm trying to move in that direction. <laughs> um, then it'll it'll come, but you need to be here in this space, in these, you know, the challenges that come to you, the difficulties that come, like embrace all of it, learn what you need to learn, make the connections you need to make, like, and, and be great in the space of right now. And then when it's time to move forward, everything will work out. I am obsessed with the little tidbit that Chastity just shared because this lesson of learning exactly what you need to learn wherever you are in your life right now is easily one of the top lessons that I had to learn in 2018. I had to do exactly that when I was working in the research world before I took a leap into media. That being said, my type A personality wasn't always great at just taking in the moment, so I spent a lot of my out of work hours learning as much as I could about things like email marketing and branding through Skillshare. If this conversation with Chastity is inspiring you to move closer in the direction of your interests, I strongly recommend using your free trial of Skillshare to take a class and explore your next step. You can access two free months by going to Skillshare.com and entering the promo code depth and candor free. That's all one word. Now, let's go back to the episode. Here's Chastity responding to me asking her what advice she has for people who might feel intimidated by the unknown. I'm going to tell everybody what my friend Taj told me, what Jazz Fly, her name's Jazz Water, she's one of the writers um, for This Is Us mm -hmm. at NBC. Do it scared. You have to, like, you're going to feel that fear and you just have to do it scared. Like, I remember the very first video I put up on Instagram, um, I was texting my friend Taj and I was like, I did this video, I sent it to her. And I was like, what do you think? I was like, I'm really scared. She said, do it scared. Just put, just put it up there. And the response was like, yo, oh word, we talking why now? You speaking different languages? <laughs> okay, bet. Like, and just not being afraid of like, you know, you're gonna have naysayers, you're gonna have people who um, don't really, you know, they don't wanna follow you, they don't believe in you, whatever. You have to just move forward confidently and and i don't know everything there is to know about wine i love learning about it though i love learning about the burgundy region and you know different regions in argentina and chile and um all sorts of different types of wines but like i've realized that in talking about it, it i light up and people are like yo you really like light up when you talk about it i'm like really They're like yeah like you just turned this into different, this different person but do it scared please do it scared like just you and, and after you do it you'll be like oh okay and there'll be something else you need to do and you're like I'm terrified keep doing it and you you never know what doors are going to open up what things are going to come your way you just have to like trust yourself and trust your gut and just continue to move forward regardless of like if naysayers if people are hating on you if like you feel like you're not you don't know everything there is to know about whatever you're talking about do it scared. So you, when you launch something or you put something out there, there's obviously the like desire to get validation from the outside mm -hmm, world. Mm -hmm. But how do you make sure that you continue doing it despite the haters or despite no response, mm -hmm. right? Like it's worse to be ignored than to be hated. Yeah. How do you remind yourself or like, what do you, what's your mentality around 
I will continue to do this regardless. It's a it's a way for me to improve and get better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, you would love like for certain people to like and mm-hmm. to comment, and you know, mm-hmm. all you're looking at the numbers and the mm-hmm. views and all this stuff. But it's also like, how am I getting better by doing this? Like, what is what what is the benefit of me putting up? 30 to 45 second clips of me talking about a mile. What is that? How is that getting me to the end goal? One, I'm, I'm getting more confident about talking about wine and I'm challenging myself to be like, okay, what does it smell like? I'm getting certain notes of, this is like cranberry. It kind of, t- it smells like, you know, suede or just, it smells like there's some smoky notes in mm-hmm. it. And so like, I'm challenging myself to like, get better at this craft regardless of what people have to say or what how many people like it or whatever um another thing my friend likes the instagram social media isn't real it's real but it's also it should not be a parameter of measurement of how we live our lives yes it's a tool but it's also like it could be here today we know it could be here today and gone tomorrow and the way these companies are moving like vine yeah rest in peace to vine <laughs> Okay, like, so, yeah, it's just it's just a matter of, like, how is what you're doing, regardless of the validation that you're looking for, that you're seeking, pushing you to that end goal? So would you say the most rewarding part of launching is the possibility of getting better? Yeah. Yeah? That's a, that's a great way to put it, I think, just the, the opportunity for improvement. Um, and I think a lot of times, like, I've had to step back and see how like my passion projects or my um, side hustles, how they can improve what I do professionally. Like I'm creating content, um, you know, for myself. And then at my job, like we started doing Facebook lives and like, that was, I was like, oh, I'm, si- I'm sitting in front of a camera talking about, you know, congestion pricing or um, floor area ratio, things I do not even know about. I have to know because it's my job, but I'm, I'm opening another door for, you know, me to have this conversation, to get this experience and to um, just be a better storyteller. And mm-hmm. that's really what it goes back mm-hmm. to. I love that. I think the piece of advice, I don't know who it was, someone famous, said something about success. And he said, I think it was Deepak Chopra. Maybe? Okay. But he was like, ignore success completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead, pursue excellence yeah. in the process. Mm-hmm. And that is such a huge mind shift because suddenly you're like, well, no one liked it today, but I'm going to create something that people might be more interested in mm-hmm. or I'm going to create something that I love and we'll see how people react to yeah. that tomorrow. So I love this idea of just saying like, let's see what kind of progress I can make tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you just have to start. Yeah, absolutely. I and I love the pro. I could talk about the process all day. Like that is where you find you find yourself in going through some things and just like being patient and like failing and like it's all in this pro like and it's continuous. Like you're never I mean they say success is a journey, it's not a destination. Yeah, okay, cool. But like you learn the most when you're going from point A to point B to point C. And mm-hmm. I love I love that about life cuz I'm constantly like, okay, well that didn't work out or, you know, uh, I lost that friend or that relationship didn't work out. Okay, cool. What did I learn in that process? What did I learn about myself in that healing process of like getting over somebody? Like what 
am I? Why? Not why is this happening to me? What am I learning from it? Um, it's crazy powerful to for me to have understood who I am outside of the things that I do. Oh, let's talk about it. Girl, when I really started understanding that like my value does not come through my contribution to anything mm-hmm. or anyone. Mm-hmm. It is simply for existing. I am a valuable human being mm-hmm. and I'm worthy of whatever I want. Yeah. And that's so liberating mm-hmm. because it makes you actually do things that you love yep. instead of things that you feel you must do. Yes, absolutely. It's incredible. Yeah. And I, it's so funny you mentioned that because this week, this week in particular, I've just been like, what are, I, I do a lot. I do all of the things, but it's also like, I was at a meeting this week and someone was like, Oh, Chastity, like putting you on the spot is icebreaker pitch, you know, pitch yourself. And I'm like, uh, well, I do, and I, I stumbled. And I was like, I do. I said, y'all, I had to be honest with everybody at the table. I was like, y'all, the problem I have is, like, I do so much. I need to, like, really, I, that's not where my value comes from. But, like, really getting down, I'm actually really, really going to write about this. So by the time y'all listen to this, there will be a blog post about what I've learned. Um, identifying what it means to stay in my lane, but not to feel that I'm like boxing myself. Yeah. So like everybody know Chaz loves social media. She loves wine. She loves writing. Like she does all of these things. Okay. That's all. I'm overwhelmed by you saying that. Let me figure out how to like one, two, like three points. Like chastity does X, Y, Z. That's why she's amazing. But not letting that be like a, a measurement of value for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm a great storyteller. I love building community. I love wine, but like, how am I able to use those gifts and these talents I've been blessed with to like help other people without like stretching myself too thin and going crazy in the process? So like, yeah, just get, you have to like, especially now, like I'm in a new city, I'm almost six months away from being 30. Like this is a turning point for me and embracing that turning point. Cause like, I don't have to, you know, be who I was five years ago. I don't have to be the social media person that, you know, everybody thinks I could stop tomorrow and be like, so guess what, y'all? I'm about to go write about wine. I'm actually anticipating that day. But um, until then, like, doing what I need to do in order to be fulfilled, not to necessarily, like, um, be subject to what people think of me. Even, like, you know, at work, I'm just, like, trying not to play myself and, like, oh, my gosh, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? Who cares? Do what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, respectfully, of yeah, course, but yeah. like, I don't, I don't need to like be pressed by what other people think of me, and I don't need to pressure myself into trying to get the validation or confirmation from other people too. Like, oh, oh boy, I don't want you know is is not talking to you. Bet we cool. <laughs> so stop putting your so stop so and I've had to learn in those tough moments. Try not to get too personal. Um, <laughs> in those tough moments where you're trying to like, hey, look at me, look at me, talk to me, talk to me. If that person don't want to rock with you no more, thank you, sir. This has been great. Um, or ma'am. Like, yeah. we're cool. And just let it fizzle. Right. Because your value does not come from whether they think you're valuable or not. Mm-hmm. And what I love about you saying going for doing the things you actually want to do instead of what you assuming what other people will think about it Mm -hmm. is that the minute you actually start operating from a place of 
the things I like and the things that I want mm -hmm. are valid and valuable, yes. then suddenly you're creating incredible work mm -hmm. because it's things that come from the original version of yourself mm -hmm. as opposed to the versions of yourself that you think people yeah. want you to be. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it, I think that what you just talked is, is where I'm finding I'm coming into now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay. Like, yes, wine makes me happy. Yes. Watching about like just, there are certain things that make me happy and that's cool. Like they're supposed to make me happy. Mm -hmm. Like if I, I have, if I have, an interest of talking about like green apples. Yeah. I want to like blog about green apples. Let's <laughs> do it. There's going to be somebody else out there. Who's like, I thought I was the only one. Let's have a green apple cup. Absolutely. So like just being operating from that authentic place and not allowing like accolades and titles and exposure to get to you where you're just like, Oh, well, I have to act like, and be like and do like because it's what these people think of me. I don't care. I don't right. give a damn, actually. Like, you know, being able to sit on the panel. Okay, that's cool. What is the end goal, though? Well, so let's talk about that. Yeah. A lot of people want to get paid, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of us pick up side hustles because we're creative and maybe our jobs are not that creative uh -huh. or uh, we're interested in something that we don't get to explore elsewhere in our lives. Yeah. That's interesting. That's fun. And then suddenly you're like... Hold up. People are getting paid to do these kinds of things. People mm -hmm. are getting paid to write. People are getting paid to make videos. Mm -hmm. I want to get paid too. Mm -hmm. So at what point in your side hustles, was it with your blog or was it, is it wine with Chas? When did you start making money on the things that are not your full-time job? Mm -hmm. So I remember specifically 2014 being a turning point for me. Um, and I remember it was the very first time I had written for uh, like a major outlet. So I wrote a piece for The Root. And it just kind of like, that's where it all started. So I was like, oh, I can do this. I can like write and like have people read it and get paid for it too. Bet. So I remember, and that's kind of the same, around the same time that um, I was doing like side work. I was doing side like consulting for like small businesses like small black women owned businesses so I had these clients where I was just like okay I'll do your social media for you I'll schedule things so like that providing that structure for me and I was I mean getting paid you know a little bit here a little bit there but it taught me that um it taught me structure it taught me that not only am I managing myself, but I'm also managing these other forward-facing brands um, that these women care a lot about. Um, and it was nice to get a little paycheck, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. But how did you ask for it? Like, how did you even start writing for The Root and know that you were going to get paid? Yeah, so I will say, so that piece, actually, I did not get paid for. I will say my fir the first piece I got paid, oh, when I worked, I did Slant. So Slant... Matt, um, Slant News, which I don't know if everybody remembers, but like it was like a thing three years ago. Um, that was like kind of like, oh, I'm like cranking out these articles. Like I was getting paid. And I remember going to a, a conference or some sort of event in DC and meeting the editor in chief at the time. She's like, yo, you could like, everybody wants to write for Huffington Post, but Huffington Post isn't paying. Come write for Slant and we'll get you, like, we'll get paid. You'll get paid. And I was like, okay. Sign me up. Mm -hmm. um, turns out that the managing editor was a, now a friend of mine. He's like, oh, Chaz, bet, cool. Like, you, you're a great writer, da da da, da. And so um, th that yeah. into my, you know, yeah. 
um, bank account. But how did you, so how did you start writing for Teen, Teen Vogue before even talking about the money? Like, did you pitch yourself? Did they approach you? No, so they approached me. Okay. Um, and it was a piece on Oscar So White. And so I was like, okay, like I'll write about it. And I, I, I remember going a, a little bit beyond, like a step beyond that they expected me to. And they were like, how'd you get these answers? Like, I emailed the subject. What do you mean? Like, that's what you do when you're a journalist, right? They're like, oh my God, that's so great. And so like that opened the door for me. That was what, 2016? Um, I wrote about, um, I went to the women, oh gosh, what is that conference called? Um, United States of Women Conference. It was in D.C. Went to that, covered that, took over their Twitter handle um, for that day. Um and I, it opened it because I, 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 when I try to write for different publications, it's like I'm a black woman and I want to talk about black women, things that impact us. And so um, writing about that, writing about the young lady in, um, who was arrested in Baton Rouge for just simply standing still. And you have all these white men rushing to her like she's some sort of threat. And I was like, and, but then for Pepsi to have the audacity to mirror that, what? Why did y'all think? Anyway, um, so so that kind of started, uh, that piece they approached me for. I've pitched different things to them, like the Beyonce piece I wrote last year um, when she lost to Adele, like they hit, because I was on, I was, I remember watching and being so upset that she didn't win. And I was like, that is so unfair. I said, like, Adele's 25 album wasn't even that great. But because she is a white woman, that is the reason why she won. And y'all had, Beyonce had nominations sprinkled all across the categories. And these white people were mad because she created such a diverse body of work. But y'all don't, y'all want to give her the urban whatever award. Urban contemporary. Yeah. Okay, Yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, like pitching myself like Teen Vogue and Bustle. Like I, Bustle was, I've, I've written for them only once, but like. Wrote about Insecure, again, a space that, you know, black, we were watching it, like, in droves last last year. We watched that show, we supported it, because Issa Rae, love it. And I was, like, looking at how everybody was talking about it. Writing, they, people were writing based on, like, episodes and what they were taking. I was like, nobody's talking about how this is important to black women, how we haven't had a show like this. We haven't had a representation of a black woman and her friends since living single. And we had it in Girlfriends, mm-hmm. but a lot of us who, you know, watch Insecure, who can identify with Issa and Molly and mm-hmm. Kelly and um, Tiffany, mm-hmm. we had, we were too young to identify with Regine yeah. or Joan or Tony. Like, we were too young. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, we're dealing with the same stuff. Right. And so um, being able to present ideas to these outlets, like, it's really black, I want to write about it. Um, and then finding the time to do it when you're under deadline, you just like make it happen. You make it happen. So we've talked about earning money as a freelance writer. Mm -hmm. What about as a blogger? How did you say, was money at all part of the motivation? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, it was just the experience that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. So like, for instance, um, partnering with Capital One last year was like it came out of nowhere because I had met somebody I was in junior league in DC and one girl came up to me she's like oh my god hey Chastity I was like hey girl um she's like I love what you're doing I was like she's really I I didn't even know how she was she you know 
followed me. She's like, I love what you're doing. You're writing this, you're writing that. She said, I work for Capital One. We're doing X, Y, Z. I want you to be in on it. I said, okay, girl, whatever. I said, here's my number. And so I like, I'm super nonchalant when it comes to stuff like that. And she was like, hey, Chastity, it was great to see you at X, Y, Z. I want to talk to you about this event we have coming up. We're doing it in New York and D.C. We would love for you to like, be a, we don't want to think of you as like a um, ambassador. Well, it was going to look sort of like an ambassador, but like we want, want you to be a partner and like we don't want you to like do kind of like, oh, this is an ad, this is sponsor post. Well, like you're a partner in this. And so I remember I was like, oh, so she said, whatever, you know, works for you as far as like promoting things and doing things. So I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to level up and um, write about things that matter and like work with this brand to talk about why women, particularly women of color, black women are important in the tech space. And so I remember that whole process, like drafting up what like different ideas and topics and sending that to them, getting feedback. And I was like, okay, cool. So sign the contract. The money was gonna come. It was a that check was nice. That was probably like my first like. <laughs> I was like, I mean, and I've gotten paid for doing things, but like, that was a nice. That was a nice check that I got from Capital <laughs> One. Um, but being able to use my platform and use my voice to talk about these things and like things that I care about. Like I love tech. I, I'm not like super immersed in that community that people, th I, I think in the way that people think I am. Um, I, I was a little bit more in DC now that I'm in New York. I'm like, okay, creativity, like where are we at? Mm -hmm. Um, but being able to, you know, have the freedom, the creative freedom to talk about like what I'm doing. And I remember I was like, I hit up my, um, one of my really good friends like, yo, I need to do this um, photo shoot, like get, you know, my hands type on the computer, like just, just, you know, let's, let's do go, go big. And then, you know, having them, um, the events were in DC and in New York. So I came up to New York, you know, covered the event, blogged about it. And it was just a great, it was really honestly a great experience and being able to like, find a work with the brand that identify they saw something in you and they were like we want to we want more of that we mm. want you to be able to use your voice use your platform in order to elevate you know something that you care about because if it was like something random and they came to me like yo we want you to write about kangaroos in australia and i'm like i don't even i mean we're the koalas like that's like you know we're we're I don't care about kangaroos, but the koalas, though, maybe. <laughs> so, like, just, like, in, in my advice to people who want to pitch themselves to brands and, and to, to have sponsored content, like, remember your why and why you're doing things and what value you can bring to that brand. So I'm not going to pull up on 90-plus sellers wine without being, like, okay, knowing some stuff about their wine and who drinks their wine and how I can bring value to that brand. Love that. Thank you so much for making time for this. Of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you can find Chastity on Instagram and Twitter at Chastity S. Cooper. And you can sign up for her email list at ChastityCooper.com backslash wine with Chas. And now you can follow the Wellspace BK on Instagram. I hope this episode compelled you to take one more step in the direction of 
however you define a full life for yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and review it on iTunes. It'll help make episodes like this one more accessible to people who don't know about depth and candor and who want to create incredible work and live a vibrant life. P.S. Depth and Candor is also on Spotify and Stitcher, so if you have friends who don't mess with iTunes, please share the link in the show notes with them. If you want more from me, like goal-setting worksheets and access to secret episodes, join the email list by going to depthandcandor.com backslash subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at depthandcandor. Until next time, live vibrantly. Live vibrantly.